0: Hello, Ashley Poseen here. I am so excited to get to share with you our live radio show now on podcast. I pray you enjoy and are richly blessed by our study of women of the Bible. God has no greater joy than to hear that his children are walking in the truth. We are dedicated to letting the truth of God's word lead us. You are listening to One Truth Ministries Podcast. Here is your host, Ashley Posey. She is a woman who also, we talked last week about having those moments of no return. Mary, right now, where we're going to go to today, she is at that place where she has a decision to make. She's either going to step off the ledge with the Lord and she is going to say yes to him. Or she's going to pull back and say, no, thank you. But Mary also, just like Eve, faced a moment of no return where if she were to step off that ledge with the Lord and say, yes, there was no going back. Each and every one of us are faced with those moments in our life as well. And I I pray that we can learn and be challenged and encouraged by the life of Mary. And so we're going to jump right into this today. We have so much to talk about, about her life. And if you were with us last week, you're going to remember this. I just love this woman. Can I just tell you something? She knew what it was to be a woman who let her yes be yes, no matter what. And as we talk about this this week and next week, we're going to see that when she said yes to the Lord, she meant it. And she meant it no matter what came to her when she accepted what God had given her. And as he asks her to step into this calling, it is both a blessing and a burden, unlike anything that we will ever experience. Not one of us have been called to carry the the Savior of the world, to bring him into this world, to care for him, to love him, and to watch him suffer and die. There is not one of us before or after Mary that was called with such a calling And yet at this young as she was, when she says yes to God, she let her yes be yes. And I want us to really fixate on that because it is quite profound and challenging to us. And so like we talked about last week, when we first met Mary, she is probably around 12 years old 12 to 14 she's betrothed to joseph who is maybe 18 to 20 years old so if you can understand just how heavy this would have been for a young girl a young woman at this age now gabriel has just announced to her the calling god is giving her and we find this in luke chapter 1 verse 29 That's where we were last week, and it says um, in verse 30, I'm sorry, the angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with the Lord. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, And his kingdom will never end. Now, remember, we talked about she now responds to Gabriel and she asks him a question. Not a question about the validity of what he said, but a question about the methodology, about how this will come to pass. In verse 34, she says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, because I am a virgin. And now we're going to hear Gabriel's response to her. In verse 35, he says this. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child, even in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is now in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I want to stop us right there before we hear Mary's response. Did you catch the significance of what Gabriel was telling Mary? He is saying God himself, the spirit of God is going to overshadow you and he will impregnate you with his son, Jesus Christ. He will cause his own son to fill your womb. So God himself will be his father. And then he gives her this confirmation. And I love how God works. He doesn't leave us on our own. He will continue to confirm. He will continue to share with us his plan and how this is going to come about. I love that he encourages her with this. He says, and guess what, Mary, your relative Elizabeth, even though she was barren and Mary would have known that. She is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. Now the NIV says, for no word from God will ever fail. Other versions say this, and I love this too. With God, nothing will be impossible. We got to stop right there at that phrase. With God, nothing will be impossible. For no word from God will ever fail. Do we believe that this morning? You see, we have to remember who it is that spoke that to Mary. This is Gabriel. Now, remember how he describes himself to Zachariah when Zechariah questioned the truthfulness of what Gabriel was saying. Gabriel said this, I am Gabriel. In verse 19 of chapter one, he said, I stand in the presence of God. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. In other words, do you know who I am? I stand daily in the presence of God, and I can tell you when God says something is going to happen, it will happen. There is nothing that can stop the word of God from accomplishing what he sent it out to accomplish. And there is no one who would know that better in the heavens than Gabriel, who continually stands in the presence of God. He is God's messenger. He has delivered many messages, and he has seen each and every one of them fulfilled. And so I love that he is the one who tells Mary with God, nothing will be impossible because he has seen it over and over and over again. He can tell her with absolute certainty, not one word from God will ever fail. I want to encourage you today, whatever you've been believing God for, don't stop. If God has spoken a word to you, please know that not one of his words will ever fail. With God, nothing is impossible. There is nothing that happens in accordance with his will and plan that he cannot do. Nothing is impossible for God. Mary believed this. I wonder, do we? Do we believe that this Christmas season? With God, nothing will be impossible. And we'll talk about it in a second. I love how he already gives her a clue, a confirmation. He says, you can even check this out, Mary, Go go, find out for yourself. Elizabeth, who was barren up until now, is now in her sixth month. And so he gives her that hint. But he says, for not one word from God will ever fail. Nothing is impossible with God. Now listen to the response of Mary. Remember, she knows what it's like to be a woman who lived a life of obscurity. But she also knows what it's like to be a woman who was called and chosen. And now you're going to see that she knows what it's like to be a woman of great humility, obedience, and faith. The greatest thing in this world happened out of the smallest, most seemingly insignificant person. And it happened through a humility And I love that because like we've talked about, we make so much out of ourselves. We make so much out of the extravagance of Christmas. And yet to me, at the very core, Christmas is all about humility. It was about the humbleness of our God who lowered himself to take on human form. And not just any human. He made sure that he was the least of these, that he was born in a manger to a poor young couple. But it was this mother that he was born to who also stepped down and acted in great humility, lowering herself before her God and declaring herself to be his servant. Listen to how Mary responds. She says, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be to me as you have said. Now other verses say this in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to, be, to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Listen to her response, because it's beautiful to me. She and her humility. Listen to how Mary describes herself. For those who have ever been tempted to lift Mary up as if she is something more than human. If we are to lift her up and pray to her or or exalt her to the place where she is equal with God or with Jesus. No, no. That is not even how she describes herself. She is a human. She was a a young girl. And so she declares who she is. I am the Lord's servant. You see, she humbled herself to the status that she was. And she said, you are my Lord. I am your servant. Let it be to me as you have said. Can you imagine at the age of 12? He has just told her. Gabriel has just told her some very powerful and heavy truths. You are going to bring forth the Messiah, the Savior of the world. But by the way, God is going to do this as the Spirit of God overshadows you. You will become pregnant. It will not be through Joseph. It will be through God Almighty. Mary knows even at 12 years old what this may mean for her. This could mean death. This would probably mean divorce from Joseph at the very least. It could mean stoning. It would mean the rejection of her family and her friends. She would always carry around the stigma with her. Don't think for a second Mary didn't understand that there would be a price to pay following the Lord. It was not going to be just rainbows and unicorns and sunshine. There was a burden to this calling. And though Mary, I believe, did not know the fullness of it, praise God, I guarantee you she knew some of it. And yet listen to her response. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. This is the great statement of Mary that we need to be encouraged and challenged by. She instantly, humbly and joyfully submitted to God's will. This was the moment where there would be no turning back for her knowing that she would face all kinds of assumptions bearing possibly the scarlet letter, she says, yes. I haven't been able to get that out of my head lately. It's such a beautiful truth that right here when God says, will you go here with me? She says, yes, Lord, I am your servant. May everything that you say to me be in accordance with your will. Let it meet be to me as you have said. And this was that second moment. We talked about Eve's moment of no return where all of humanity fell with her when she chose to disobey God. And through that deception of the enemy, she took that fruit and she ate it. And that was the first moment for humanity of no return. Here is another crucial one where Mary has been presented with God's calling on her and she responds, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let it be to me as you have said. Now I want us to move on. So she knows what it's like to live a life of obscurity, to be called and chosen and favored. She knows what it's like to, to live a life of humility and obedience and faith. And now I want to see that she is a woman saturated in scripture. So listen to what she does. Right at that time, it says in verse 39, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. This was more than likely about a three days walk for her. And so she goes to this hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, I want to I want to talk to you about this. She is traveling. Can you imagine? Have you ever had the Lord speak something to your heart? And you, you're excited about it at the time. You know he's talking to you through his word or through maybe it's through other people or just that still small voice. You know God is speaking to you. But as the days pass, all of a sudden that doubt can try to come into your mind. Did God really say that? Did he really speak to me? Is he really asking me to do this thing? Mary had about a three days journey. Can you imagine all the questions now coming into her? Did I hear him right? Is this really going to happen in the doubt that might have started plaguing her. Maybe even a little bit of that fear that could settle in as she's wondering what all this is going to mean for her. And so she makes the journey because Gabriel had told her. This was his little clue to her. You want confirmation of this, Mary? Go and see Elizabeth, your relative. Because even though she was barren, she's now in her sixth month of pregnancy. And so uh, Mary travels all the way to Zachariah and Elizabeth's house. And when she walks in, Um, They greet her. Now, here's what's amazing. Remember, Zechariah cannot speak. So ladies, this is a woman's dream come true, right? She gets to go in there and just have time with Elizabeth and they're not going to be interrupted once. Zechariah can't say anything. So now Mary and Elizabeth get to talk all they want. And I think that's kind of brilliant. I think that's pretty fun. But when Elizabeth in verse 41 heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, those of you who have ever been pregnant before, you know what it's like to feel a baby kick, to move around. But this word literally meant jumped. Can you imagine feeling the baby inside of you leaping? To me, it's almost as if John the Baptist, knowing he is now in the presence of his Savior, which tells you at this time that that Mary has already conceived, that the Holy Spirit has already come over her. And in the tiniest form, Jesus was already inside of her because at her greeting, John the Baptist leapt for joy. He was in the presence of his Savior, and it's almost as if even at this moment, filled with the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist couldn't wait to get out. He's saying, let me out. Let me go proclaim my Savior. He's here. I know he's here. It's extraordinary what was taking place at that moment. And so Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, Says in a loud voice, she exclaims this, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? Do you hear the humility in all of them? Elizabeth is ecstatic because she knows that Mary is blessed among women because of the child she would bear. And she says, "What? why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord would come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting, Mary reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. Mary believed instantly. And we see that as she comes now to Elizabeth, the baby inside Elizabeth, John the Baptist, could not help but leap, leap forward for joy. And if we can imagine what that would have felt like to Elizabeth. And now Mary is going to respond. And of course, if you are familiar with this, this is the famous famous Magnificat that that Mary responds to. It's Mary's song. It's so very similar to the song of Hannah. And after the new year, we are going to be talking about Hannah. So we'll be able to go back and look at that. But I just want you to hear what Mary says. This is amazing to me because every verse that Mary, uh, every verse that I'm going to read here from Luke chapter one, Mary's song, every single one of those verses comes from scripture every one of them. This is what she says, starting in verse 46. And Mary says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And Mary is going to stay with Elizabeth for about three months and then return home. I want us to pay attention to this. If you did not know it, I challenge you to go back to this song in in the Bible and look up every one of those verses, because each one of them is from Old Testament scripture. And I wish I had time to share with you each and every one of them. But it is extraordinary because Mary was a young woman saturated in the word of God. And this is amazing to me, because in this day and age, young girls were not taught scripture. And yet this one was. It's amazing because rabbis would not take the time to teach women. And young girls were very rarely um, taught scripture. It was considered a waste of time. They didn't waste teaching the word of God to women. And yet in her family somewhere, this young lady had picked up so much scripture that at this her most amazing um, time in her life, at the most profound and miraculous time in her life, look at what comes out of her scripture. The word of God is what is bubbling up inside of her and comes out in praise and adoration to her Lord. It is extraordinary to me. This young woman was so saturated in the scripture and it's so important. It's so important because at this huge moment in her life, this is what automatically comes out of Mary. I want to ask us today at the huge moments of our life during those difficult or extraordinary or big or hard moments in our life, what is it that automatically comes out of us? Is it faith or is it fear? Is it the word of God or is it our own words? Because for Mary at the most large, at this huge moment in her life, what automatically comes out of her mouth is nothing other than the word of God. And if you notice right away She continues to declare who she is and who God is. She says that her soul glorifies the Lord, that her spirit rejoices in her God, in her Savior. And it says, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Listen to Mary. She is saying, I am nothing but a humble servant of God. He is the mighty one who has done great things. Holy is his name. Holy is his name. She continues to point us back to the mighty power of God in his holiness. Never be confused about who, who Mary is. If you are, listen to her own words. She was a humble servant of God, a human whom God had favored and chosen and called out just like he does with each one of us. But I want to ask you in those huge moments of your life, what will automatically come out of your mouth? For Mary, she was so saturated in the scripture that what came out of her at this huge moment was the word of God. And it was so exciting. It is so blessed. It's such a blessing for us to hear that from her. And I want us to think about this because um, my husband's in the medical field, and I often read some of the medical journals he has, and I was astounded a while back to find out that we actually have these neurons that they call, in layman's terms, scrubbing neurons. And here's what's amazing to me. You see, when we go to bed every night, you may or may not have known this, but when we go to bed every night, our brain is actively at work trying to decide what. It is that it's going to, um, uh, put into our memory banks. And what is going, what it's going to allow to leave our memories. And it's so interesting because our neurons are all firing, but we have something called scrubbing neurons. And basically at night they will come and scrub away any of those things that we've said or done or seen that we have not been actively repeating. So if we are not recalling it to our memory continually, these scrubbing neurons will cause us to forget it. It will scrub it out of our memory so it doesn't take up space. Isn't that extraordinary? You see, the more that we recount certain instances or words, if we recall it often, then our memories will automatically put it in to our long-term memory. If we are not recalling it often, it will scrub it out and delete it from our memories. You see, for Mary, she clearly had the word of God recounted over and over to her and in her life because it was so deeply stored in her memory banks that when these monumentous moments come up, this is what automatically comes out of her. You know, I've seen so many children who will recite and sing the song uh, from Frozen. You know that song, let it go, let it go, right? You know that song. It's amazing to me how many two-year-olds can sing that song because they've heard it over and over and over. And yet how many of them can share with us uh, scriptures memorized from the word of God. I wanna encourage us today recount the word of God often. You see, if we don't go back to it, if we don't recall it, if we don't spend time in it, our own brains will delete it from our memory. I encourage you like Mary, be saturated in the scriptures. Be careful what you're allowing yourself to remember and chew on all day, every day. Because in those big moments of your life, it's going to matter what automatically comes out of you. You see, this, this scripture, the word of God, the truth of God is what is going to sustain Mary through the hard times ahead. And next week, we're going to take a look at what some of those times are as we continue on our study of the life of this woman of God. She knows what it's like to live a life of obscurity, to be chosen and called in favor, to be humble and obedient, and to be saturated in the word of God. I pray that we are challenged to follow in her footsteps and take the word of God into our memories and deeply into our hearts. May we recount it often so it automatically comes out of us. Amen. I'm so excited to join you next week um, on One True. Thank you. Bye.